Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church, Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. We've got a wonderful subject today, Ancient and Modern Necromancy, Alias Mesmerism and Hypnotism, Denounced. We'll start with our morning prayer. From page 233 of Divinity Course and General Collectania. Every pure thought fallen silently and gently into human consciousness does its part in cleansing the whole world. Just as every fallen snowflake does its silent share in transforming the noisomeness of the grimy earth into a soft white blanket of purity. We must remember that the smallest truth is mightier than the greatest lie the world has ever known. The one is an enduring as enduring as eternity and the other is as transient as a shadow. Take from a lie its power to deceive and it becomes nothing for its very being depends upon its ability to mislead. A lie must have two willing accessories, one who is willing to be deceived, one who is willing to deceive, the victimized and the victim. If either is wanting, the lie can do nothing. Mary Baker Eddy. Mm -hmm. Wow, how perfect is that for this <laughs> lesson? Thank you, Florence. It's wonderful. Thank you. Okay, the watching point. Watch number 241. Watch lest you believe that you are striving to learn something about error other than what it is not. All one can know or learn about darkness is that it is the absence of light. The claims of animal magnetism must be exposed and detected. Since in the Christian Science Sentinel for May 2nd, 1936, we find Mrs. Eddy saying that God will answer the prayer only of those who see the errors that they must destroy. Yet our effort to expose error must always lead up to the recognition of its nothingness which only means that it is the supposititious absence of something, end quote. Thank you. Comments on that one. I thought it was interesting that she said that you had to see the errors that you must destroy to get your prayers answered. You didn't have to. It was just worded differently. It really mm -hmm. struck me that you you got to be wise. Just this it was perfect for this lesson. You, you can't just go, you know, all is good. Thank you very much. Yeah, that that particular uh, sentence there struck me too because it's saying if I'm obeying the first commandment, my initial thing is this is a lie, right? And so it makes sense that. Uh, always they say the the quicker you catch that it's a lie, the the more strength or uh, power you have to overcome it. How necessary it is to to know that if it's not good, it's not from God, 
I think that goes with this, really. Um, yes, thank you. Well, the prayer is, I think she's very strong here, or, you know, that, that thought, that you must, your prayer won't be answered unless you recognize something that isn't true mm -hmm. and, and face it. And why do you think that is? Well, you're giving power to the lie, for one thing. You're fighting against the truth. By... And, and if you don't recognize it, you, you are basically being deceived by it, aren't you? Mm -hmm. You have to recognize it so you're not deceived by it. If you don't recognize it, you are being deceived, right? Yeah. So, I, again, Mrs. Eddy says, I acknowledge your claims, but I denounce your power. It's a very important statement. You have to acknowledge what it's trying to do, yeah. but then you you defang it, you strip it, you demesmerize it. It has no power. Why? Yes, the first commandment. God is the only power. The only power there is. And this is how we stay awake, alert, and working. And if you if you're not doing this, you're you're truly you're flying around blind, so to speak. And you're really not a Christian scientist. And this is what I love so much about coming here and Mrs. Evans, because she confronted things right on. It wasn't this burying your head in the sand and saying it doesn't exist and let's not talk about it. And oh, 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 oh. That just shows tremendous fear of it. You can't even talk about it. You're afraid of it. Yeah, I was staying so mesmerized with and it. You believe in it too. And it is Florence, you go first. No, I was saying all you know, staying so mesmerized with it and building it up, you know. Yes. Um, and thank you. Who was the other one speaking? Fairly. Oh, fairly. It says it means you believe in it too. Right, you do. If you can't even talk about it and you're afraid of it, you believe it. So, so this this is how we are masters. We become black belts, okay? In the, in the karate, <laughs> you know how to you know how to really get the air and smack it down and keep it smacked down. The more you do it, the better you are at it. And the um, okay, Lil, read the golden text. <clears throat> Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Thank you. And as, as uh, Florence read from the Blue Book, it's the whole intent of error is deception. All of it. All of it is deception. Every bit of it is deception. And that, when you see that, you really become its master. Um, we've had wonderful articles on the carousel about this, too, that you can all read. But um, anyway, it's so important that you see this. It's a deceitful. And in the lesson in, in Five in Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy says, the Apostle Paul refers to the personification of evil as the god of this world, and further defines it as dishonesty and craftiness. So, 
personification of evil. That's why she talks about personal sense so much in the first edition. It, it has to get some face to wear, something to be. Um, and then it, then it tries to manipulate you to deceive you. And it's a god of this world because you're not knowing that there's the one infinite god who is all-powerful. You don't know that. You will be deceived by this by dishonesty and craftiness. And you see, we do have a false God, don't we? Many people, I shouldn't say we, but hopefully we don't. <laughs> hopefully we've learned, learned not to. And in responsive reading, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And it is... And that's what we have in this in the story this week in the lesson. But first, we have in First Thessalonians, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, which Linda, you wrote about that on the forum. Yeah. Uh, came across somebody who was talking about that we're designed to do more, which I think is just what a different way of saying that we unfold and grow and that either you're moving forward or you're moving back. There's not an in-between, and that just made me think a little differently about a falling away. A falling away is you're not moving forward and that we were designed to do more and that each day, what more can I do? <laughs> and I just like the way he said it. You could be more unselfish, more listen better be more patient be more vigilant i mean whatever you need whatever <laughs> and i just love that idea that what more can i do today even if it's just a little more than yesterday and it's just like you one of your testimonies you said that you had to look for progress every day and to see it and, and that meant more to me thinking that if i don't look for that then i could be falling away and so that would be another tool to help from falling away thank you yeah it's good, and doesn't Mrs. Eddy says that in Science and Health. I don't know if I have the exact quote, but that we, we're all capable of more than we, we do. do. Yes. That might be the exact quote. <laughs> we're more capable of more than we do. So we should can always be stretching in that respect. And there isn't any point in time where that's not true. I mean, there's no, it, it, it doesn't matter how much you do. I mean, you could be the most productive, most you know, person in the world, healing, you know, produce, you know, whatever you do, you can be the best of whatever you do. And this will still be true because you can still fall away from whatever point you're at. Yeah, and it, it can be tricky. That's why you have to listen carefully to God. This isn't a matter of rushing around smartly and doing little or nothing, as Mrs. Eddy says, in improve your time. It's not just pushing yourself to do more and more and more in a human way. This is letting it unfold in God's way. And that's a big difference because I know I used to feel I had to do more and more and more and more. And I just exhausted myself because it was human. Can't be human. It has to be divine. Always listening for what God would have you do as Gary read on Wednesday. 
if you're doing more humanly, you're probably going to have to undo it later. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's you will, yeah. and you'll exhaust yourself, and you'll end up having, you know, not being able to do anything. And I know I've been there, and I know others of you have found that out, too, where you've pushed yourself in the wrong way. Remember learning you're either moving forward or you're going backward. You're never standing still. So you have to be careful every thought to check. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, and this is talking about spiritual progress, not yeah, you know, not it. necessarily not- human or material progress, but we're talking about spiritual progress. <laughs> and the human progress follows; it doesn't lead; it follows. <laughs> yeah, this isn't about all the degrees that you've gotten, all the uh, gold medals you've won. That's not the more we're talking about. This- I, I think that's why we should give credit to, or we should acknowledge and be grateful for the, you know, the understanding that we're gaining through all the study. I think often the focus is too much on the, you know, what the physical uh, demonstration is, <clears throat> than, you know, oh, I'm understanding this more. I'm, I'm really learning more about who I am. All that I feel should be credited. And, and let much gratitude for for that. Thank you, Florence. And that's the that's the key point. That is that is the key point, because Mrs. even Mrs. Eddy says that you know when you're treating a case, when the when the patient gets the spiritual lesson, then you know that the healing has taken place. And if the if it doesn't appear materially to take place well then you know you can you can do that you can fix that too but the healing comes when the spiritual progress is made yeah you have to have the focus in the right spot and that's the important thing <clears throat> same but she also did say that if the the healing comes and the patient hasn't gotten the understanding that brought it they will have to get it they will, and they will. It'll come again up the road in probably a worse form. You you have to get it you, sooner or later, one way or the other. Um, so yes, so listen, learn, and be wise. It's very very important. And I, I know when Mr. Evans gave me that assignment to see the progress I made every day. I felt like I know people I've given this assignment to. I, you know, I'm no better. I, my physical problem hasn't changed. I didn't know what he was talking about. It took me a while to figure out and to really look for how I had changed spiritually in my growth, in my progress. And because I was looking for it, I made an effort to make sure I was doing it. I wasn't just sitting there and reading 390 to 393 and then being schloomed by everything and not doing it one darn thing it told me to do which is what i had been doing i had to really learn to apply it that took discipline and effort alertness and when i did it and it didn't it wasn't oh well i'm doing it two days now i should be all better no i had to forget when how and what way and just focus on really wanting to know god with my whole heart mind and soul more than anything else as we spoke about last week. And then the healings did come. Eventually, gently, diminishing until they finally disappeared. 
Carrie mentioned in the forum about, um, you know, about them knowing the scripture, profitable for doctrine and how important this is and not just the human human aspect of the, the Bible, but the spiritual interpretation of the Bible, which we're all learning and gaining here. And isn't it wonderful? It's it's like, my gosh, a forever unfoldment. So we'll get into that story, Jeremy. Uh, I was I was actually thinking that this week because I remember when I came here, I I asked what animal magnetism was and I got the answer, and <laughs> didn't have any idea what that meant. So it just has made me realize it's coming up on eight years being here, and I just realized it's been a lot of learning over the years. So I'm very and what does animal that. magnetism mean? It's a belief in the power apart from God. It's a simple definition that mrs evans gave us years ago and it certainly makes sense that's error you believe there's a power you've been deceived into thinking there's a power apart from god right and it's also the sum total of all evil they are synonymous power apart from god is evil period and it's 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 a lie In every instance, it's a lie. Jeremy. Okay. Um, yeah, the the first Kings thirteen. This really gave me a lot. I don't know if you want me just to give an overview or what, but yeah, an overview. Okay. Yeah, just it made me realize how much, um, as we're as we're learning here with our spiritual sense to listen to God and do what we're supposed to do. Okay can't be taken off of that just because somebody else comes along even if even if humanly they're trustworthy or whatever we have to keep keep with god's word and i'm so grateful for all the things mrs eddie gave us to 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 help with that to keep our obedience and all that and and then just to know you know even if you do make a mistake it's it's only the end if you identify yourself as a failure through that so, and that's that's something that's been very hard for me to learn, because I came here feeling like a natural failure. <laughs> so, so to unlearn all that and to move forward, knowing I'm the child of God, and you know, I just have to keep working, keep doing good, make amends when I have to. So, just very grateful for that. And that's why you're so helpful. That's why you're so useful to God in the work that you do for this church. I'm, so, I'm grateful yeah. for that, too, because I have no degrees and no gold medals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's humbled himself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's how it is when you humble yourself before the almighty hand of God, before him. And, and then you do get exalted in ways that you never knew would be possible. It's, it is, these are laws and principles, and you see it happening to people who are applying those laws and principles. Because I thought I was only coming here for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, we tricked you. <laughs> we were the old prophets tricking you. <laughs> Not really. Well, I didn't. I thought you might be coming here for a couple of days too. We didn't outline anything. What, what couple of days turned into weeks, and then months, and then years. Mm. 
Thank you, Shepard. Thank you, Shepard. <laughs> dear Jim says. Well, and that, what you gave from miscellaneous writings, this is Mrs. Evans would give to the, us all the time, obeying the divine principle, which you profess to understand and love, which you profess to understand and love, demonstrate truth. Okay? This is in her article, Obedience, which all of you should have written in your hearts. Never absent from your post. Never off guard. Never ill-humored. Never unready to work for God. His obedience. Being faithful over a few things. If in one instance obedience be lacking, you lose the scientific rule and its reward, namely to be made ruler over many things. Which is what happened to the prophet, isn't it? Now, that... I'm telling you, if she ever tried to reach you and you were absent from your post, dun 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 dun. <laughs> or if you were off guard, you were constantly being tested about that as well to see if you were off guard. If she could tip you over easily. Occasionally I do that. I don't even need to do it, but it's interesting to see how some people react if you're not really poised on the truth you will react and you'll get thrown off guard you'll get defensive you'll start acting in a unpoised way shall i say because i used to do that all the time she would just get to me some way or the other knock me off guard never ill-humored can you get something make you all grouchy and nasty and and not pleasant Old grouches never get into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, she says, she says old, old batches and, and maids, right? And that's a state of thought. It's a state of thought where you're grumpy, curmudgeonly. And, uh, and then never unready to work for God. She'd ask you to do something, and if you say first day, oh, no, got too much to do, can't do that. Well, whoops. It's very easy. It's, it's done here today. I just wanted to say about that batches thing. I looked that up, and it, it actually came from the word bachelor, which used to mean junior knight. And an old, an old batch was a junior knight that never wanted the responsibility and wouldn't wouldn't graduate to full knight. So oh, I thought that was wow, really interesting. That is interesting. Thank you. I knew it meant an old a bachelor, but I didn't know that. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. People that, yeah, they don't, you all place yourselves. You do. There's some of you who are willing and ready to work or take correction in humility. And, and thus grow. And thus grow. And there are others that don't. And there's no judgment about any of this. Um, but it's, it, don't ever feel jealous about anybody else. Because if they're there, they've earned it. And sometimes earning it isn't a lot of fun. <laughs> Fact, so, it's never a lot of fun, it's never a lot of fun. <laughs> but, it, but it's a great joy <laughs> eventually to go through it and and so this is the story of the the prophet because there was an old prophet and what what happens in that first number verse 11 carol read that Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works of the man of God had done that day in Bethel. 
the words which he had spoken unto the king, them they they told also to their father. Now, if any of you have read the story and know, the the prophet had done good things, hadn't he? Mm -hmm. He had obeyed God, and he had done good things. So the sons of the old prophet came and told him, told the old prophet. So from what happens in the rest of the story, do you think the old prophet was happy for the prophet? No. <laughs> no. What was he? Jealous. Jealous. He was jealous. He was jealous. Falling away. Yeah, falling away. And and not only that, since he heard the whole story, he knew what the the prophet was supposed to do and not do, right? Mm-hmm. So he put his plan into action to trick him. Now, this, again, the story is not about the old prophet. It's about the prophet. Because it's easy. We can just leave it and blame that old nasty prophet for tricking this guy, right? Which is what a lot of people do. Of course, the prophet wasn't even allowed to do that because he was dead as a doornail. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, blaming others for your failings is never a good idea. Ever, ever, ever. And we see it going on now. I When I hear people blaming that there was this, this did pee and didn't, this and all of this. No, honey, while you're doing that, you could be making well of your life. You could be turning to God, progressing and growing. Blaming is not good, ever. We, we were taught here, even if you were in a car accident and even if it wasn't your fault, guess who was to blame if you want to put blame? Yourself. Yourself. Wrong place at at the wrong time. Not in the right alert state of mind. Off guard. This, This is a principle of Christian science. It is a principle that we all have to get to. We are responsible for our own experience. Children are subject to their parents. But once you're grown up... You are responsible for your own experience. You're not taught by false education. (laughs) Yeah. And when you have a bad experience, that should be an opportunity to learn and to improve your, your spiritual consciousness. And if you blame others for your bad experience you are foregoing the opportunity to learn from it. And and you will never have dominion. The dominion is within, and this is what that means. You're giving all the dominion to everybody around you and all your circumstances. It's all in their hands, and you're the helpless victim. And that's what's so dangerous about it. Your dominion is within. It doesn't matter how you've been treated. And this is one of the glories of Christian science. And I know a lot of people don't know this. And this is why we talk about it and pray that people who need to know it will know it so they can gain that dominion. We know of many people who have come from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of conditions and people. Well, Joseph, I mean, just read the Bible for heaven's sakes. And this is what the story of Joseph was all about. Yes. He didn't blame anybody for his circumstances. And as a result, he grew and was of great use to God 
and to all mankind. So remember this, and when things unjust or whatever done to you or mean or mean-spirited, just get quiet within yourself and ask God what you should do and how you can rise up higher. And don't react. Don't react. Keep your poise. Those three things we just went over about. Never absent from your post. Never off guard. Never ill-humored. Lead sweetly. And never unready to work for God. So Carrie sent me. I just want to say, and and from Mrs. Eddie's rule for her house, there was the excuses are intolerable. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And Martha Wilcox talks about it, too. She says it'll get you either in a hospital or a mental institution. When you excuse yourself because it was the other person's fault or whatever excuse you have, just get quiet and learn from it. This is how you keep... Otherwise, you're not practicing Christian science. Yeah, and you've given your dominion away, and that's a terrible thing to do. So Carrie sent me this good article. We'll have to put it in the Liberator someday, called The Disobedient Prophet by Mabel Thompson, 1906, Christian Science Journal. She quotes from miscellaneous writings on 280. We find the warning for a moment like this one with the prophet. The doors of animal magnetism open wide for the entrance of error, sometimes just at the moment when you are ready to enter on the fruition of your labors. This guy had done a great job. It all, You see it all the time. These people do these great, wonderful things, and then poof, you know, they end on, up... He was on home. Yep. And he got distracted by the devil. Who came in, you know... In a, in a way that appeared convincing. Really? It always appears in a pleasant and convincing way to you. Yes. She writes, once let the alertness to truth be lulled by indolence or self-indulgence, how quickly does the mesmerism era of error deafen the ear to the voice of principle? When Era confronts the man of God in a more subtle and pleasing form through the voice of one who might be trusted to be also a man of God, without stopping to weigh the suggestion to listen for the inward voice, he steps aside from the path, the direct path, easily following the dictates of the senses. The consequent punishment is swift and tragic in its intensity, and as cursory reading may suggest, out of all proportion to the sin. But deeper thought reveals very plainly that in Jesus' words, unto whom much un, unto whomsoever much is given, what? Much is required. Much is required. The great responsibility to which the man of God was called argued a previous career to which many proofs of God's power and goodness had been given. The greater the moral height, the greater the fall, if that height is not sustained by absolute fidelity to principle. Again, on the first reading, it would seem as if the chief blame should rest on the old prophet, who was the tempter. But while it is evident that he, too, had a sudden awakening to the demands of principle and suffered his full share of remorse and punishment, Nothing can relieve each individual from the full responsibility of his own work, his own place in the vineyard of the Lord. 
the demands of principle are absolute and must be met, or on whomsoever this stone shall fall, it will what? Grind them down. Yes, Carol knows all this. <laughs> uh, yes, it will. You know, think of how Jesus was tempted, right? He was tempted. Holy Moses with those suggestions. It was right after the baptism when that dove descended. Yes, mm -hmm. it does. Tear or triumph harms. That's why never off guard. And, and, you know, often it comes as a flatterer. That's why flattery, you, hopefully you all know and are sensitive to that. I can always tell when a, someone sincerely is appreciative and thanks me or if it's just flattery. And flattery usually what's behind that. Well, manipulation. Thank you. That's just the word, manipulation. Just like this old prophet. He was out to manipulate this guy. So remember all of this. It'll keep you so safe. And now we're going to get into something really great. <laughs> and that is, um, yes, I will. I will go. Henceforth, be no more as children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. But the thing that I really want to get into was, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darks of the wicked. Now we have um, putting on the whole armor of God, right? Think about it. Whole armor of God, that you may be withstand the evil day. The first Loins gird about you with truth. You got to know the truth so you can't be deceived by the error, right? You got to know what the real coin looks like so you're not deceived by the counterfeit. Then you have on the breastplate of righteousness. What kind of life have you been living? If you've been screwing around, then you can't claim any of this. You've got to be living a right life or you are exempt from what God has to offer you. We're not kidding around here, okay? As they say in the playground, I am playing with you. <laughs> and that's a good thing to know. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet are grounded in peace, in love toward the brethren. You're not out to get anybody. You don't have a chip on your shoulder. You're, you're in a state of peace. You love mankind. You love God and mankind. If you're not, if you've got a chip on your shoulder or you're not peaceful, well, you'll easily be toppled over. And then above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We'll go back to that because I want to finish the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Salvation. Have you given your life to God? Salvation. Do you do you honestly recognize that you that you have no life separate from God? Or are you still fooling yourself into thinking that maybe you've got a life somehow separate from God. Mm -hmm. 
And then that sword of truth, which is the word of God. This is why we study. This is why you have to know the word of God. As we've talked about, when Jesus combated the temptations of the devil, he knew the word of God. It'll shut air up. I've seen it. I, I, I love it when I see someone answer. You know what they're saying is true. And the other person was out to deceive and cunning, be cunning. And it shuts them up. It quenches that fiery dart. The, the other thing that I want to mention, too, which is very, very important, because we always talk about malpractice. Some of it can be very, very malicious. This old prophet was malicious. He was out to trip this guy out up. But somewhere I read this. I thought it was Martha Wilcox, but it might be Carpenter. He's, he has said, and this is true, if, if you are not a malpractitioner, that error cannot reach you. If you are not hating, if you are not jealous, that's why putting on this armor every day is so important. Your righteousness, your faith, your truth, knowing the truth, your gospel of peace, you have no hatred toward anybody. You have nothing, nothing within you that the era can find you. But if you are hating, if you are going out, you know, not peaceful, the era will find you. Mrs. Evans used to used to used to uh, talk about it as if she said if you have a hook yes within you it it will hook itself to you so examine examine yourself do i have a hook that error can hook itself onto do do i do i hate anything or anyone am i jealous Am I envious? Do I, lo do I love the things of the world more than the things of God? Is there anything in the world that I love more than God? Because if there is, that's a hook that is going to get me. Another way to call it is something will push your button. You can be totally peaceful about everything, but boy, there's one thing, and, and usually your children know what it is, and they will bring it up, and they will push your button. <laughs> so don't have any pushins. Any pushins, any buttons that can be pushed. You, you've got to, again, get quiet and get your poise so you're not reacting reacting there's nothing to fear because i've seen christian scientists so afraid of malpractice oh my goodness now that is giving it a power it doesn't have you are giving it a power that in itself makes you liable to it if you believe it you're believing that there's a power other than god go back to your basics this is why you have to know the bible and know signs and health so you're not confused about all this and then don't don't react put on your armor and that um the shield of faith whereby to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked so we had a wonderful article by kimball on our carousel about that i think i'll have gary read it sometime it's, it's a few pages long but boy oh boy is that ever a treatment but um also, Joanne found a good one from the McLaren Expositions. 
And it says, archaeologists tell us that there were in use in ancient warfare javelins tipped with some kind of combustible, which were set on fire and flung, so that they had not only the power of wounding, but also of burning. And that there were others with a hollow head, which was in like manner filled, kindled, and thrown into the ranks of the enemy. I suppose the, that the apostles' reasons for specifying these fiery darts was simply that they were the most formidable offensive weapons that he had ever heard of. And then it goes on. He talks about, you know, what, what's within you. Um, the fiery darts especially appeal to desires, appetites, passions. And that you only need to touch and they flare up like a tar barrel in thick, foul smoke darkening the heavens. Watch those fiery darts, my friend. And then it ends with my faith, my faith, because this was what it says in the Bible. The faith, the faith will quench the fiery darts of the wicked. My faith will quench as nothing else will these sudden impulses of fiery desires because my faith brings me into the conscious presence of God and of unseen realities where he dwells. There are contrivances in mills that they call automatic sprinklers, right? Mm. When the fire touches them, it melts away a covering and a gas is set free that puts the fire out. Well, we have a sprinkler system in most places, right? So if we let the thought of God, it will extinguish any flame. We let in the thought of God. He that receives into his heart God's strength, he that by faith is conscious of the divine presence in communion with him, he that by faith walks in the light of eternal retribution will triumph over the most sudden, the sharpest, and the most fiery of the darts that can be launched against him. That is your protection. This is why we memorize the 91st Psalm. This is why we do all this praying, because the fiery darts won't reach us. And even if they try, our, our sprinkler system goes off, <laughs> and it quenches it. And this is why our schools need to start every day with the children praying. Yeah. Thank you. This is why they need to read the Bible in our schools. It is their protection. And if they're not getting it in the schools, then they need to get it at home. And, you know, Parth Parthens wrote this on the forum, too. He said, in reality, there is no mortal mind and consequently no transference of mortal thought and willpower. This is important to know, too. This is the, what quenches the era. Life and being are of God. In Christian science, man can do no harm, for scientific thoughts are true thoughts passing from God to man. And then he gives that example. Um, and he says in the Bible about King Balak and Balaam, he says, cursing someone requires belief in the transference of destructive thoughts from human to human. So all these people, please, if you are a Christian scientist, don't say, oh, I'm so afraid of malpractice. No, he died of malpractice. Oh. Well, when we say that, and I'm saying it in, in that way, because when we say that, we're giving it power and we're building it up. And that is not of God. It is superstition. 
pure at, and simple. At that level, it is. Because if you really know it, the science, you won't be afraid of it. You won't ignore it and you won't evade it. You will acknowledge its claims, but you will denounce its power. Look at all the times Mrs. Eddy had to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And in this church, we've had to. It's what we do. You know, it's very interesting. Last week, Bible study for one hour, the Internet was down. Wednesday, our service is coming up. All these storms are rolling in. Big, bad hurricanes. Not hurricane, but... The well, trees were breaking in half. Yes. <laughs> and then, Carol and Milt, someone will have to testify to this. On Channel 4, after afterwards, what did you hear? I said that Plainfield was the worst hit in the whole area, the worst that they could find. That there were trees knocked down, that they pulled down power lines, and that uh, a lot of areas of the town were in darkness. Our church was lit. <laughs> Our church was lit. The, the service went forth perfectly now we when we heard this and sharon alerted to us to it early about these bad storms um it word got out and we were praying and working on it and we were totally protected and this isn't the first time this has happened it happens all the time when we're alert and working when we're never off guard <laughs> never absent from our posts and we're working never for god never, never ill-humored so, yes, Plainfield was supposedly the worst hit in the whole area in our church. There was a huge branch that came out, but nothing in our church was touched. We did not lose power. We were totally protected. This is how it works and how it should work. And if it doesn't work that way for you, then you can get where it does. Now, and then, this is something very beautiful that... Um, that Anne in England sent to me, and um, it was from a book written by a Christian science chaplain named Janice Horton. And she talks about, she found that she was going to have to um, go into a tear gas chamber in my summer Army Chaplain office, office, Officer Basic course. And it was terrifying to her. I, she'd heard of the war stories of those who had experienced the gas chamber and its toxic effect on your eyes and breathing. I knew I needed to play, pray diligently to meet these aggressive suggestions of fear immediately. I spent some time praying about what to pray about. I quietly listened, and the direction was very clear. I felt the study of the Bible story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace and Moses, Moses experiencing a bush that burned that wasn't consumed. I also studied a chapter on how to pray to stop animal magnetism, an old word, world name for hypnotism in our denominational textbook. She, she committed to these studies every day, and she said it was just a joyous experience. In fact, she didn't realize six months had passed, and then she was having to go into this gas chamber. And it said, the officer conducting the drill threw a, a lot more gas crystals on the fire, and the gas cloud became very thick in the chamber. They warned our group. You thought you were going to get off easy because you helped us, but you're really going to get it. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> and then she said, I knew God governed the universe as divine love, and he never had ordained a law to harm or inflict his children. I felt God's presence with me. I knew I couldn't be separated from him. It was as if my 
armor and protective shield were on me, protecting me from any harm. I felt like I was looking down on the experience, wholly separate from any human sense of being in the chamber. They go in with a mask, but then they're told to take the mask off. We were told to remove our gas mask because the gas was so thick, even the prior service guys were choking and blinded by the density of the gas. They were literally in a pile attempting to get out the door. I stood still and calmly, you're, ha- you're supposed to say that you have to take the mask off and then you have to say your name, where you're from. You have a whole bunch of stuff you have to say, breathing in this air or lack of. I stood there calmly and said all my information. Once the instructor had pulled the men apart, they were able to get to the door, open door. I hadn't left the chamber because the cadre hadn't given me the order that we could leave the chamber. One of the majors walked back into the chamber. He had his mask on and stared at me, just standing there quietly, unmasked. I was reveling in gratitude that I had no reaction to the tear gas. Finally, the instructor said through his mask, humor me and go outside. (laughs) 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 Out the door, he took off his mask and said, I have to ask you a question. What were you doing in there? In complete joy, I replied, I was praying. Then he said, are you a Christian scientist? (laughs) And after silence, he said, that's really something. You know, I've been here four years and I've never had a single class where not one person, at least one person got ill until now. I was even more grateful for that because your prayer is rarely ever ever limited to only your needs. It often blesses all the people around you. And, you know, to go with that in Signs and Health, where Mrs. Eddy has said, here it is, holy inspiration has created states of mind which have been able to nullify the action of the flames, as in the Bible cases of the three young Hebrew captives cast into the Babylonian furnace, while an opposite mental state might produce spontaneous combustion. Thank you. So... <laughs> quenching the fiery darts of the wicked when you were in that holy state it cannot touch you it's it's a law it's a fact and it's provable so if you think christian science takes a lot of work and it does think of what benefits you get from it there, and think of what work it takes to yes. undo all these problems <laughs> do the right work yes in the first place and then there was just one other and this was something for the end from science and health in last week's but it applies to this week dear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell said jesus this is science and health 196 a careful study of this text shows that here the word soul means a false sense of or material consciousness. The command was a warning to beware not of Rome, Satan, nor of God, but of sin. Sickness, sin, and death are not concomitants of life or truth. No law supports them. They have no relation to God wherewith to establish their power. This is again Beware of sin, the sin within yourself. That's the only thing you have to be aware of or concerned about. Because the dominion, again, the dominion is within. 
Now, Gary's going to read something also sent by Carrie. You start here. Start here. Yeah, and quote the quote. It's also in this week's lesson about attraction. The attraction of truth. Yes. From July 1905, Christian Science Journal. Yes, and read the quote from Science and Health. Quote, there is but one real attraction, that of spirit. The pointing of the needle to the pole symbolizes this all-embracing power or the attraction of God, divine mind. That's end quote. That's page 101. I once watched a little boy playing with a magnet. For a while, he amused himself by seeing the bits of iron spring to the steel. Then he began experimenting. He held a piece of thin paper between the magnet and the iron, and the iron leaped to its attraction just the same. Little by little, he increased the thickness of the paper, till at last the iron was no longer affected. If his magnet had been stronger, more resistance would have been overcome, and one can imagine a lodestone so large and perhaps powerful that perhaps no obstacle would be able to defeat its action. The parallel is obvious. There are no degrees of power in truth. It never falls short of omnipotence. One may deny its attraction, may even defy it, may build up between it and oneself a barrier of prejudice, self-love, self-will, that may seem all but impenetrable. But steadily, calmly, irresistibly, through all phases and vicissitudes, truth is day by day drawing humanity up and out of its dream world. And thus God truth touches the human consciousness through jesus of nazareth the great teacher and through the work of our leader mrs eddie who walks among us today in her gracious womanhood this spring when i planted my nasturtiums i put the first of them very deep so that my mother standing by said those seeds will never come up you are planting them much too deep I put the rest nearer the surface and covered them all up and waited through the pleasant days. When the right time came, the little green bent fingers began to push the soil away. And one by one, the tiny plants appeared, those planted last coming first. But after a little while, the others coming too, till every seed had lifted itself in newness of life into the light. Not one failed to obey the call of the springtime. It took longer for some of them, for they had more to overcome. Deeper darkness, a heavier weight of the earth. But always above was the sun and the rain and the dew calling, Come up hither. And they, every one, obeyed. So shall each individual consciousness hear truth say, Come up hither. The roads may differ that each must take. Some seem to walk along primrose paths, though always there are thorns and briars to be aware of, and to uproot others have to hew their way through solid granite blocks of educated beliefs, fears, hopes, and hates. But if the roads differ, the goal is the same for all. And sooner or later, through storm and stress, joy and triumph, all things working for good, 
the child of God will find himself in the image and likeness of his father mother, and God's will shall be done in earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Normal. <laughs> yes, normal and right. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.